0: Hey, you're listening to Evergreen, a storytelling podcast. My name is Mitchell, and I'm a
1: journalist, and this is Caleb. And I'm an audio engineer. Here at Evergreen, our listeners choose the prompts, our guests write the stories, and then we bring them to life. And today, I'm your Evergreen storyteller. My topics
0: were the Roman Empire, a flat tire, and superstitions. This story will be a sequel to episode 20, Carnival Atlas. And stay tuned afterwards as we discuss our own original tale. So ready yourself for this magical encore. This is Carnival Autobahn. screech around our little car as we take another narrow turn. Sirens buzz in the back of my head, but they're deadened by the adrenaline pumping in my veins. Our driver's pulling every trick he knows, but cops aren't buying it. We lost Cassidy in the museum foyer. Security guard tackled him down the stairs. There's only two of us left besides the driver now. Splitting our share three ways is fine by me, though never would have thought that James Edgewater, the new artful Dodger, would have ended up here. From dingy carnival parlor tricks to heist of the century. Our driver spins the wheel and ducks into the nearest city tunnel, with the lights flashing past like the strobes of a searchlight. I turn and look at the myriad of vehicles in the tunnel and flutter my fingers. A quick incantation, that's all it takes. And I suddenly make every common commuter car look like our tricked-out Lexus. Same shade of blue, same tinted windows, same license plate number. Butch looks over at me in amazement. Some days it feels good to be a magician. I feel the weight of our prize in my jacket pocket. The mark for the job was a large bronze mask. Some Greek or Roman relic, I think. Hermes, Aphrodite, comedy face, I don't know. History was never my strong suit. All this for a mask that would fetch a high price. On the black market, at least.
1: Alright, so here's the plan, see? We break in just before dawn. No one expects a robbery to happen in the daylight. It's a quick smash and grab, so there should be no issues. You shouldn't run into any problems. Grab the artwork, race back here. There's a lot of money in this for us, so do not screw it up, got it? Where are we gonna sell it? Doesn't matter, someone's gonna pay a lot of money for it. I figure it'll be hanging on a wall, some museum, or otherwise, it doesn't matter to me.
0: These fools didn't know what they had, I could. T- the driver flew out of the tunnel, going almost ninety. Drifted onto a side street. The cops were still behind us. I, I ditched a couple of the cars with my quick game of gambling shells. And not enough of them, though. I reached into my jacket and lightly touched the mask with my fingertips. I could feel heat through the metal. No one else could feel the heat. At least, no no one else in this car could feel the heat. This mask is magic. There's some kind of ancient magic too, something something my mom had never even taught me about. I heard a grunt from the driver and I looked up. He <laughs> had put tire spikes on the road. About that moment, multiple things happened at once. First, tire spikes blew out our tires. Second, I released my seatbelt. Third, Butch screamed like a little girl. Not exactly a consequence, but it happened forth. I threw the passenger door open and dived for it. Throwing my hand out, I cast a shield to cushion my collision. I slid across the concrete like a toboggan on a snowy hillside, angled myself for the alleyway, and at the last second kicked out my foot. I popped up into a running position and took off like nothing had happened, my gaudy, well-fitted coat fluttering behind me around a corner, and with one last twist of my wrist, my jacket turned the color of these dark city streets. Some days, it feels good to be a magician. Looking back behind me, I saw a rain of wreckage, ruin, broken bodies. My spell of protection had cushioned most of my fall, but I still had a slight limp as I wove my way through the side city streets. Eventually, I got back to the home base, a large, hollowed-out warehouse. It's almost like a crime superstition. No job can go off without a hitch unless we have a large, empty building to reconvene at. It's bad luck, or maybe it's just bad heist movies. Either way, the police were long gone. I figured they had thought they got everyone in the crash. I held myself straight, and pushed my way through the warehouse doors. It's all over the news, boy! I didn't say a word, as I walked into the man in the dark glasses and the dark suit, I tossed him a dark bag, I had the mask inside. I stared daggers at him. And then I turned to leave.
1: Give him his money. Hey, you sure you don't want to work another job with us?
0: Another fellow in dark glasses and a dark suit tossed me another dark bag. It felt heavy. Not heavy enough to make it worth it, but but heavy. I held up my hand in a cold farewell and then cast a smoke spell on the ground. I couldn't help but grin as I closed the door behind me. By the time it cleared away, it would look like I had vanished in a puff of smoke. Perfect Batman exit. I also couldn't help but grin as I reached back into my coat. I gripped the mask tightly and felt the magic like a tuning fork resonating in my soul. I didn't belong on a wall, museum or otherwise. It belonged with me. Some days it feels good to be a magician. And James Edgewater, a new Artful Dodger, he can do a lot more than just change the color of cars.
1: What made you um? What what made you decide to do a sequel? You did. You literally <laughs> forced me last
0: episode to do a sequel. I mean, okay, I'll be honest. I thought about it a little uh, bit because I liked the character of James Edgewater a lot. Yeah. But we we've ne- we've never really done sequels here on Evergreen, so yeah. it wasn't. It's something I tinkered with, and then you were just like, nope, you gotta do it. And I'm like, uh, oh, better I guess better I'm doing question. It. Yeah, better question. Okay, um, okay. What
1: what made you decide to, to give him a dark turn? He had a pretty he had a pretty neutral character, I would say, morally and the and or, or ethically in the first one. Now he's a, you know, he's a thief. What what kind of made you switch in that direction?
0: I kind of, I thought about what would what would someone who's younger, who has kind of basic illusionary magic spells, and he spent his whole life kind of being a bit of a fortune teller and a bit of like a con man, but not like a full con man. What would he do if he went out into the real world and like, like figured out what his powers would be best used for him? My thought was bank robbers, bank heists, like, like kind of the classic, um... It was a combination of, of me thinking of what would be fun for somebody to do with their magical powers, but also the random topics that I got. One of them was a flat tire, and I was like, oh, well, uh, maybe I could do like a car chasing." We had never done a car chasing on Evergreen before. So I was like, oh, I'm going to give that a try.
1: Yeah, well, um, I, I mean, I, I liked the story a lot. Um, something I was thinking about was, uh, so this world, all right? So in the first episode, uh, you really described the world as being carnival centric but you don't really ever explain where he is you never explain what city he's in what continent not even what continent not even what planet he's on where is he right now uh is he he's in a city Okay, so yeah, okay, okay. So it's just once again a little bit. Inc- there's
0: a, there's a little bit of a clue in the fact that it's called Carnival Autobahn, but even then I don't want to like I don't want to nail down a city because sure, that's fine. I I want to keep that kind of that magical kind of like blanket over everything. Yeah, that's fine.
1: His mom. Uh I remember her in the first in the first one. You mentioned her this time. What's she up to right now?
0: Um she's probably one uh, worried sick about her son. <laughs> Wondering where in the world little, little, little Jimmy is, the little Jimmy Edgewater and how he's doing. Um, I have I mean if I ever get to reapproach this again that'd be nice I have now, now now, that I've done a sequel I can't stop thinking about what will happen to James Edgewater now I can't stop now yeah. now I, the, the floodgates have been opened yeah. but I had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun writing this sequel and kind of getting to go back to the first story and, and tinker yeah. with stuff um mm-hmm. I guess he he definitely took a dark turn in the story. I kind of also see him as someone who's struggling with whether or not he wants to be a full villain. He
1: like, kind yeah he kind of seems a little bit like ticked that he grew up in this carnival and well I kind of grew up but he's you know he's been working there for years and years and years. It's almost like this is his his breakout of that. Um, he's kind of abusing his abilities that he learned there, almost as if to. I don't know, I, I kind of got the vibe that he's almost doing this to intentionally be rebellious just to get away from the cutesy kind of... Because he was doing card tricks for people before. So it's almost like he's doing this uh, intentionally to say, no, I'm a little bit more than card tricks.
0: He's kind of he's lashing out a little bit. He I think praised that's, his that's own fair. magical
1: abilities in this one more than he did in the first one. Also. I mean, now so,
0: he's realized he's kind of awesome. So he's, he's becoming a little bit of a, a little bit of a cocky cocky dude. He
1: knows he's he can do stuff other people can't. And that character... Um, the the one with the voice, the uh, the great voice uh, actor that you had is the for the second guy in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> what was his inspiration? Why don't you
0: tell me, since
1: you did the voice of the crime boss? Uh, so, what was the crime boss's inspiration?
0: Um, he's. <sighs> Um, he, he's kind of basically inspired by, by a very generic crime boss and kind of just a lot of, there's a lot of like old heist movies and crime movies where I'm like, there's all these cliches and it's kind of Edgewater being like, God, this is what all heists are. Like they meet in big warehouses. They're all, they're all about marks. Everything's a smash and grab. It was the story. I mean, I, I, every story has inspirations. I would say the story was inspired pretty much equal parts by both, um... Uh, baby Driver and maybe Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Just kind of the classic, like, heist gone wrong stories. I love those. I love, I mean, heist movies, there's no such thing as a heist that goes right. The whole point is what yep. do you do when when, yep. when when nothing goes right? So I kind of, he was he's supposed to be a cliche crime boss, I'll be honest.
1: So the interesting thing, coming from a, um, coming to a sequel... Uh, and yet, mm-hmm. Evergreen, we still choose three random topics. Yep. What was your approach exactly when it came to the three random topics? Because I challenged you by doing a sequel to your episode, but then I made you roll three random topics to that. What was the very first thing that you did to apply those three topics to a new thing, or to the, to the new story? Did you start with, um, okay, because okay, I think it's kind of interesting because they're so, they're, they make up the entire story. Did they mm-hmm. have impact, I guess for lack of a better word, did they impact the lore of this carnival story or was it more of a situational thing that just kind of you threw in and the lore remains the same
0: i wanted to do a heist episode i'll be honest i'll be completely honest i wanted to do when you told me you wanted to do a sequel i was like i get to do it with the magic guy i want to do a heist episode because we've never done a heist episode so then when the topics came in i was like flat tire it's gonna be a driving we're gonna have a driver of course um, superstition, that one was a little bit harder to work in. I kind of worked it in as a side joke about about uh, tropes and cliches. The Roman army was the one that threw me, and I had to figure out how I was going to fit the Roman army in for a while, and I kind of lightly fit in the Roman army. There's a little bit yeah. more lore. The Roman part, I think, is obvious. The army part, you don't know yet. I, I left that a little oh, ambiguous okay. about the origins of the mask. I know where the mask came from exactly, but but I kind of left that ambiguous because Colin doesn't – not Colin.
1: You forgot the main character of your own James, story. James. It's amazing that you were so confident that his name was Colin, but it's actually I played, James.
0: I played a, na- a character named Colin Edgewater in a game of Call of Cthulhu once. That's, oh, okay. that's where it came from. Okay. I just love Edgewater. I think it's a great last name. But James Edgewater James Edgewater has no idea where the mask came from, so neither does the audience in this case. In this case, because it's from his perspective, I'm not going to tell you what, what, he, what he doesn't know. Um, so there, that one was fun. It definitely made me add magic to the world. I was going to have him be the sole source of magic originally but I like the idea that he doesn't want to give up this uh, prize because he realizes it has more value to him than it would to some random art collector. Like, it's magic. So he's it, kind of an it should anti, be his.
1: He's kind of an anti Indiana Jones. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, he literally he bit. he's literally this doesn't bit. belong in a museum because what good does this? He's he's I do have kind of a set of ideals for him as a character, and one of his main ideals is is life, living life in abundance is kind of one of his main ideals. He's he's been at carnival his whole life, he's now getting to experience the world. So for him, the idea of something being put on display like in a carnival or a museum is wrong to him. That that isn't. Yeah. That is. I feel that. That's not. It's not fulfilling its purpose. He wasn't fulfilling his purpose at the card shop, and this mask wouldn't be fulfilling his purpose in some random corner of a museum or on some art collector's wall. So he liberated it, yeah. for lack of a better terms.
1: Well, uh, thanks for uh, telling another story. Um, Anytime, I love yeah. it. So much fun. No, this was great. This was really great. Well, thanks um, for
0: uh, thanks for giving it, giving it all that, uh, giving it our own style well, of magic. Mission,
1: yeah, mission accomplished, Mitchell. You succeeded at telling a story. Uh, with the sequel, the first sequel on Evergreen, so congratulations, you got to be a part of that.
0: I'm very happy. I hope I hope you guys all enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, hop on and uh, give a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love to know what you thought. Feel free to add us.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, add us on um, everything. Um, Evergreencast, Caleb. Evergreencast. Our handle is Evergreencast. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, you guys, um... So we have a Patreon, and um, if you guys ever want to go to the Patreon, and uh, what are we at? We're at EvergreenCast on Patreon. You can just search that, I believe. You can you... search that. Also, As a hop- URL, I think, it actually. Um...
0: Also, if you go to evergreencast.com, our website, there is a link straight to the Patreon from there as well.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of tiers. Uh, we have three tiers that you guys can give. I think it's like $2, $5, and $10 a month. Um, we have a few people giving already. There's an um, exclusive
0: uh, there's... Patreon Discord server where you can come and talk to us and hang out with us. That's, I think, the lowest tiers, just coming and yeah, hanging so out if you, and I mean, chit-chatting.
1: If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, like Evergreen, if you like the show, if you think it's cool, if you want to support us, it's appreciated. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll try to continue to make content for, for uh, everybody if we get more patrons. This entire podcast, if you guys have been listening, and if you're new here, the entire concept of our show is that we get storytellers to come onto the show telling their story based on three random prompts that we roll here you guys the audience creates those prompts submits those prompts chooses those prompts and you can do that via email, via any, really any of our social media. Um, but the main way to do that is going to our website, evergreencast.com. Uh, and basically you can go to um, uh, our, our library and you can submit a story to the Bank of Wonder. or Sorry, not a story. But, well, you can do that too, but uh, you can submit a prompt to the Bank of Wonder. We need more topics. We need as many topics as we can get because the more topics we have, the more versatile the stories can be. And we want as big of a range of people all over the world to be able to be kind of contributors to a single story. We want somebody from, you know, Jamaica to submit a topic, somebody from California to submit another topic. And we want, like, we want these stories to be kind of collaborative. I mean, not really in a weird sense of the word, but, like, that all these ideas came from other people. I mean, it's bringing people together with
0: storytelling. Yeah, because, so, I mean.
1: Because we all love it. Submit so. your topics, submit your prompts, as many as you want. We could use them all. And they will, they will inevitably be on the show. So thank you guys for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode, enjoyed our little adventure. Hope it got your
0: uh, heartbeat racing a little bit, at least a little bit of excitement.
1: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited for next week. Thanks for doing the first sequel, Mitchell. And as always, we'll see you guys, uh, not next week, in two weeks from now with another fun story. And um, yeah. Feels good to be a magician. Every single episode that ends, you know, it gets a little bit kind of... Feels good to be a magician. Gets a little bit cheesy because there's no specific ending. I think what we need to do is think of like phrases. um, Anyone can tell a story. And there are stories everywhere. There are stories freaking everywhere. Thanks guys for joining us. See you next time.